As Pastor Tim has prayed, these are times of great uncertainty. Many people are feeling understandably anxious and fearful. Aware of this, I want to shepherd you into God's call to practice his promises. I want to be sure you understand this practice that can greatly help you and those near you in these insecure times. We don't usually talk about practicing God's promises. We talk about remembering God's promises or taking hold of God's promises. Let me explain what I mean by practice. When our children were learning to play the piano and won the violin, the teacher gave them a weekly lesson, then told them to practice every day. Practice or practicing is disciplining yourself to do, to put into action what you have been shown or taught. One place where God calls his people to practice his promises is in Joshua 1. I desire to teach you this practice through this story, then apply what we learn to two promises in scripture that God calls us to do, to put into action in these times of personal, national, and global need. As we come to this story in Joshua 1, let me mention what has already transpired. God had delivered his people from a 400-year oppression in Egypt as he had promised. He had provided his people with a deliverer, a godly leader named Moses, as he had promised. God had guided his people through dangers to a land he was going to give them, as he had promised. But when his people reached the borders of this land, they gave way to fear. They had learned this promise. They had been shown this promise, but they did not practice it in the crisis moment. As a result, God disciplined them by leaving them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the next generation of his people was ready to practice God's promises. In Joshua 1, we learn that Moses has just died. The generation that had given way to fear has now passed away. Joshua, Moses' aide and military commander, has now been commissioned by God to lead the next generation of God's people into this promised land. In this passage, God calls Joshua to lead the people to practice his promises. Listen to what God says in Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong 
and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged or dismayed. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. It is clear from this passage the promise God had taught them, which he wanted them to practice. He had promised to bring them into the land. Notice how clearly God made this promise. He said, I'm about to give the land to the Israelites in verse 2. He made clear that this was not a new promise in verse 3. I will give you what I promised Moses. In verse 6, you will lead the people to inherit what I promised to your ancestors. He assured them of success. In verse 4, no one will be able to stand up to you. He committed to them his presence. In verse 5, I will be with you as I was with Moses. In verse 9, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In the rest of the book of Joshua, we see how God, how the people practiced this promise of God. For our purposes this morning, I want you to note in this passage two ways God equips his people of all times to practice his promises. I then want to urge us to practice two different promises in scripture important in these uncertain times. In Joshua 1, Note that God calls his people to practice his promises through meditation. God says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. In this verse, we learn what meditation is. It involves keeping God's word on your lips, calling God's promises to mind. Meditation involves speaking God's promises to oneself, to others, to God. As we see in this verse, it involves doing this day and night while at work, at school, sitting at home alone and with others. Meditation involves being careful to read and respond to the promises the Spirit of God teaches us from God's Word, and then later reminds us of, to take hold of these promises for one's life now. The word for meditate here is a Hebrew word which means to moan, to growl from deep within, to utter, to speak, to ponder. 
Such meditation is not a passive leisure or leisure activity. Rather, this meditation involves speaking God's promises to our present fears, to our real discouragements, to our cowardliness when facing crisis. When the Israelites first came to the land God promised them, their fears took hold of them. Only Joshua and Caleb spoke God's promises to the fears of the people. In Numbers 13, when the people were giving way to fear, we read that Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. So then, such meditation helps each of us to practice God's promises. In Joshua 1, God provides another way for his people to practice his promises through obedient faith. Such obedient faith involves taking action based on what God has promised. In this passage, God told Joshua to act on his promises. We see Joshua do this in verses 10 and 11. After he hears God's promises, Joshua orders his officers to tell the people to get ready. He uses the same tone of voice God used with him. He tells them to get the people ready because in three days they will cross the Jordan River. He speaks God's promise to them, telling them that they are going to take possession of the land God is giving them as their own. Meditation and obedient faith are two ways to practice God's promises. With God's call to practice his promises through meditation and obedient faith in mind, I want to offer two promises of God in scripture that you and those near you will find helpful to practice in this present moment. The first promise is Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. Some of you know this promise. Speaking to a community of Christians, Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends or surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I have been practicing this promise and invite you to do the same. Through meditation, I have been welcoming the Holy Spirit to bring to mind anxieties I have for myself and others so that I can present them to God who is near. Through obedient faith, I have repeatedly found my fears replaced with the peace of God. 
guarding my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. One morning, not long ago, after practicing this promise before God, the Spirit of God brought to my mind another passage that speaks the same truth, Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I experienced his perfect peace. His promise of peace is real. I urge you to practice this promise of Philippians 4, verse 4 through 7, through meditation and obedient faith. But there is another promise in Scripture. God urges his people to practice in times of crisis. 2 Chronicles 7, verses 13 and 14. This promise of God was first given at a time when Solomon, the son of King David, had just dedicated to God a temple he had built to offer worship to God. The night after the dedication ceremony, God comes to Solomon and says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. But there is another promise in Scripture God urges his people to practice in times of crisis. 2 Chronicles 7, verses 13 and 14. This promise of God was first given at a time when Solomon, the son of King David, had just dedicated to God a temple he had built to offer worship to God. The night after the dedication ceremony, God comes to Solomon and says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This promise was not given in a time of crisis. Even so, God tells Solomon this promise the people are to practice when they are in crisis. God makes it clear. He wants his people to meditate on this promise and in crisis through obedient faith to practice this promise. His people at all times are to humble themselves, to pray to the God who made them, to seek his face, to repent, and turn from their sin. As we think of this promise in light of Christ's sacrifice for our sins on the cross, God wants us to also know the forgiveness that he has provided in Christ. He wants us to experience the obedient faith the Spirit of God empowers us to have in Christ our Lord. God's promise 
in such times of crisis is clear in this passage. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. The world is facing such a time of crisis. In this time, is God not calling we who are his people to practice this promise? While not giving way to fear or discouragement, is he not calling us to humble ourselves, to pray, to seek his face, to ask him to show us our sin, to turn from our sin, to call on the name of the Lord for the forgiveness he has provided, to pursue obedient faith in him. God has given us so many promises in scripture that bring us to Jesus. God calls us to practice these promises, to meditate on them, applying them to our fears, to act on them through obedient faith. I urge each of us to do so in these times. Would you join me in prayer? God, our Father, we give you thanks that in Christ all things hold together. We give you thanks that all power and all authority, all glory and all honor have been given to you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, our God, that you are reconciling the world to yourself through Christ, that in Christ you are making all things new. We give you thanks that even as uncertainty and fear fills the minds and hearts of many, you are with us. You keep all your promises. You will never leave us or forsake us. God, our Father, we meditate on your promises. We groan for your promises to be applied to our fears and anxieties. The Spirit of God in us groans for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now in these times, your creation is groaning, O Lord. Show us, your people, our sin. Lead us to turn from our sin. Turn to you. And then turn to our neighbors with your outpoured love. Turn the hearts and minds of your global community to you. Lead the creation you have made to call on you. Hear our prayer. Forgive our sin through Christ's sacrifice. Heal our land. And as we do so, we thank you for the truth of your promise. You, the God of peace, truly do guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We give you praise, O Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.